Have you ever wondered why it's difficult to give your attention, energy, and take action on what matters the most to you? Or to speak up with clarity from the best part of yourself? If that's you, then you're in the right place. The follow-through formula is dedicated to providing daily inspiration for you to follow through on the real you. Hey there, friends. It's Rick Lewis once again with the Follow Through Formula podcast. This is me following through on another day of talking about what matters most and how you can take consistent action on what matters most. This is the place where you get daily inspiration to stay focused on what matters the mostest. I know that makes absolutely no grammatical sense, but it's kind of fun and it rhymes. And I've got a story for you today. And uh, the feedback I'm getting is the stories are good. People like stories. So, and I've got a lot of them from my performing and stage and street performing days. And this is a pretty interesting story about, um, it happened, well, it was many years ago. I was contacted by a city named Fort St. John's, and this is a, uh, a town in the far north of British Columbia, where I was living in Canada at the time. And I was contacted by the Fort St. John Oilmen's Association. And this was, a, an about, this was about an event that they were planning, and what they needed was entertainment for 500 association members. And these members were oil field and rig workers. And they had a winter celebration every year where all the oil field and rig workers would come together and have this banquet. So that sounded great to me. A contract got signed. And before I knew it, I was bouncing way up north on a little prop plane to this small snowy town where the sun shines for about six hours a day in the winter months because it's so far north. So my performance was scheduled to take place at a local high school on a stage that was at one end of the cafeteria slash gymnasium after the group's celebration dinner. So um, I was shown around, shown backstage. There was a curtain in front of it. So I went behind the curtain and I set up my show props and uh, you know, juggling props and unicycle and, and such. And I was standing behind this old red velvet curtain after dinner when the announcement was made that it was time for the evening's entertainment. So I was getting excited, as I usually do before the start of a show, looking forward to entertaining these men. And it was vast majority. I mean, it might have been 99% men in the room. And they were full of energy and excited and very vocally um, engaged. We'll say it that way. Until the MC. Ask them 
to put their hands together for juggler Rick Lewis. The curtains opened to complete silence and stares because no one had bothered to mention to me that the only form of entertainment that had been provided to these men in the previous 20 years of the banquet had involved a boombox and a person of the opposite sex trained in the slow and methodic removal of various pieces of clothing. So when that curtain opened, first there was silence and this long stare, and then the loud booing of the crowd filled the entire auditorium. I stood there as these 500 men jeered, wondering what would happen next. But I didn't have to wonder for long, because from halfway to the back of the hall, one of the men picked up a spoon from next to his plate and threw it up the, up on stage where it landed with a ping on the wooden flooring where I was standing. Now, there was a pause, and a moment later, several hundred more spoons were launched into the air like shrapnel from an exploding bomb. The spoons came clattering to final stillness on the stage, and then all the men went silent, waiting to see what I was going to do. Now, this is going to be to the point of conflict and how we manage conflict successfully in our lives so that we can actually follow through on what matters most. And our lives are full of moments that are like this, obviously not this dramatic, but we're faced with a choice between crumbling under the pressure of a challenging circumstance or rising to the occasion with an appropriate response. I remember my heart pounding, my mind racing, looking for some option as to how to proceed. I knew that if I panicked in the face of their taunt, I wouldn't have any chance of being able to proceed with the show. And that, that is actually my default script when it comes to conflict. I hate it. I hate any kind of conflict or confrontation. And my default mode is to avoid it at all costs. But that just wasn't an option here. I had no more than a few seconds to communicate what I was about to offer them and what I had to offer them or lose the audience for good. So I stared out at the crowd as the tension was peaking and they were waiting to see how I was going to react to this big protest of theirs. And I was young at this time and I had, I had, um, I was quite acrobatic in my show. So channeling all the adrenaline that was coursing through my body, uh, 
I suddenly sprang into the air and performed a full backflip, feet to feet. So if you've ever seen anyone who's just standing straight still, just suddenly catapult their body into the air, do a backflip and land back on their feet, it's pretty surprising and shocking and impressive. It wasn't the first time I had ever done a backflip, and it's not the it's not an easy thing to do. It takes some concentration, but I had so much adrenaline in my body that it was no problem at all for me to, to pull this off. So I did the backflip and then I stood there looking back at the crowd. There was another moment of silence before the entire room erupted into applause and cheers So I earned their respect in that sudden moment and was able to successfully complete a performance that went wonderfully. You can probably remember times yourself in your life when the creative tension of a dramatic or a a situation with necessity drew forth maybe the best that you have to offer, or maybe a way of working in that circumstance that isn't your ordinary default. And when it comes to conflict, being able to switch to an alternative conflict style than the one we usually default to is very important. And I'm going to talk about this more in a second. But just to complete my story... Every one of those oil field workers left there smiling, laughing, slapping each other on the, on the back in a spirit of having had a great time. And it's a great feeling when dicey situations work out, but I had to stretch outside of a comfort zone in terms of a conflict style to facilitate that result. So here's what you need to know about conflict styles. There are three basic conflict styles, and almost everyone defaults to one of these styles on a consistent basis and avoids the other two. So the three conflict styles, when conflict is present, the first one that a a third of people default to is the avoider. And that's, that's like me. If conflict is present, I'm going to find a way, at, if at all possible, to just steer around it, pretend I don't see the tension in the air, pretend there's nothing that has to be worked out, and just, and just try and deny and move on and not even acknowledge that there's any potential for conflict here. So the avoider is the first style. The second style will acknowledge the conflict, but acknowledge it in terms that have them responding in a very adaptive way. This is called the accommodator. And the accommodator is the person who notices there's some tension in the air they'll often insert themselves in a situation where two other people 
are potentially in conflict and they're going to try and rescue the situation and make it all good between everybody and make sure that there's communication and everyone hears each other and no one gets too bent out of shape. The accommodator is the one who's going to tiptoe around like an off an, an office tyrant or bully and try to make everything uh, smooth in advance so nothing sets them off. The accommodator is also trying to avoid conflict, but they don't do it by denying or steering away from it. They do it by moving right into it and trying to make everything okay for everybody. The third conflict style, you can probably already guess what it is, is the computer. And the computer is the one who is going to win at all costs, no matter what. If we get into a challenging conversation or some kind of argument or disagreement, uh, I may listen to you utter half a sentence, but then I'm going to interrupt you and point out why you're, you're not seeing things correctly, why my point of view is superior or more accurate, why my decisions are, are the ones that we're going to go with because I know better. The computer is just, when there's a conflict situation, their whole, their whole MO is, I'm going to win here. I'm going to prevail. So avoid, accommodate, and compete are the three styles. So I want you to just take a moment and reflect, what is your conflict style? What do you default to when there's conflict at play? Do you try and avoid it? Do you try and make everything nice and good between yourself and everybody else by accommodating? Or are you, do you dominate the situation and compete to win? So here's the thing. Here's why you need to know what conflict style you are. Because none of these conflict styles are actually problematic. In fact, to follow through in life, in circumstances that are challenging, we need access to all three of these conflict styles. Sometimes it's perfectly appropriate to just let something go and let it blow over There are things that happen that likely will not come up again. They're one-off situations, or it's something that's small. So in the pick-your-battle department, it's just not worth getting bent out of shape about or making a fuss about. So sometimes the ability to be able to just avoid conflict is a strength. It's a tool you need. The second conflict style accommodating in its um, positive form, is just about being sensitive to other people's point of view, their perspective, their needs, being willing to listen to other people before you make a decision or before you come down heavy on, on whatever you've already concluded is the right or best thing. So accommodating is also a, a positive approach in some circumstances when it's warranted. And then thirdly, we all need to have access to the ability to just stand up 
and in some instances just say, well, you know what? I've heard all points of view or yes, I'm, I'm considering your opinion, but my final decision is this. This is the way I see it. Here's what I need. Or as the leader of our department or our organization, this is my call and I'm sticking with it. Where the problem comes in and where we can get derailed with the ability to follow through is when we only have access to one style. If we're always avoiding and we can't stand up for ourselves in our point of view, that's going to be a severe hindrance to us in some circumstances of follow through. Similarly, if we're always competing and always have to win, then that's going to be an impedance to follow through if we can't listen to other people and work on a team or if we can't just let things go. So you get the idea why we need to be able to step into all any of these conflict styles as they are warranted and needed under different circumstances. So for me, I had the happy accident of all the adrenaline in my body supporting me to step into an, an alternative conflict style, which was to compete or to win in that standoff between me and the audience by being, um, by displaying a, a alpha type move up, up on stage. And it worked. And life is like that. We've got to be able to flex and move and show up in a variety of ways with skillful means if we want to be able to follow through. So that's my story for today about the three conflict styles you need to have access to in order to follow through successfully. There you go. This has been episode 26 of the Follow Through Formula Podcast. I'm Rick Lewis, and I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, thanks for being here and being a die-hard listener down to the last decibel. My vision for these conversations is that you get informed and inspired to take consistent action on the real you. If these podcasts help you to do that, I'm thrilled. And if you'd like to take that work to the next level, I invite you to join me inside the Life Leap community, where I'm creating a culture and a support network for those who want to pursue what matters most in their lives. To learn more, just go to gamesforconfidence.com and click on the Life Leap menu item. I'd love to see you on the inside, and otherwise, I'm sure we'll meet again in another episode.